and welcome to Primary Care Spotlight, the podcast that brings you all the latest news and insights from Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub. Cornwall Primary Care Training Hub is delivered in partnership with Kerner Health CIC, working on workforce development programmes across the Cornwall health and care system, and we are here to support all those working in primary care. So what is the current situation with MRSA? MRSA used to be really prevalent um, around 2008 and there were an awful lot of deaths from MRSA bacteremias. Um, But there were national reduction drives where all staff at one point, as well as patients, were screened and sort of colonisation. So using your Chlorhex wipes and your Bactrodan nasal ointment, things like that, which have really driven down the rates of MRSA. So they changed the guidance nationally around 2014 to have more targeted screening of people who are more at high risk. For example, those going in for surgery or those on chemotherapy and things like that. Um, So now we do have um, much lower rates of MRSA, um, but it isn't something that's eradicated and it is associated with much higher risk. So can you tell us a little bit more about MRSA then? MRSA stands for methicillin-resistant Staphylococcus aureus. Um, So that's a type of Staphylococcus aureus, a type of gram-positive bug that's resistant to an antibiotic called methicillin. So it's antimicrobial resistance, um, essentially. Um, Staphylococcus aureus, um, it's in the nose and throat, about 30 to 50 percent of healthy people. Um, Some people persistently colonize about 10 to 20 percent and also colonizes the skin. So it's normal flora of the skin, the perineum and the intestine. Um, And this bug, Staphylococcus aureus, only becomes a problem if it enters the body through a portal of entry. Um, So whether that's a surgical intervention, an invasive device like a cannula or a urinary catheter, or if you've got broken skin, um, like a wound, or even something like an, an injection site. And types of staph infections that you can get, um, things like conjunctivitis, it can cause boils, um, urinary tract infections, uh, uh, pneumonia, endocarditis, meningitis, or even things like sepsis. Um, so in one of my other podcasts, I did um, touch on this a little bit. So penicillin was introduced mid-century, and um, a very high amount of staphylococcus aureus isolates was susceptible to penicillin unfortunately by 1950 half of these isolates were resistant um and by the 1960s hospitals had outbreaks of very resistant uh, staph aureus which is where the antibiotic methicillin was brought in which is a type of penicillin antibiotics however only a year later resistance to methicillin um was recorded You do get methicillin-sensitive Staphylococcus aureus, so a low MRSA rates have been driven down. MSSA, sensitive Staphylococcus aureus, is still um, a risk and is quite prevalent. So what are some of the risks associated with having uh, MRSA? Um, So it is um, associated with increased morbidity and mortality because it is more difficult to treat and it will require IV antibiotics. And therefore, you've got extended hospital stays. um, There's that, you know, increased impact on the patient and their family, but then also the cost um, from extra length of stay and diagnostics. And there's also a risk of resistance to remaining antibiotics um, and also the things that we use to reduce the amount of MRSA uh, colonising the skin and nose. So we are seeing resistance to chlorhexidine 
um, which is what we use topically to reduce MRSA on the skin for those who are colonized or infected. Um, and also mupiracin, the Batraban ointment that we use in the nose, we are seeing increased uh, resistance to that. So those are the risks. And how do we actually as clinicians sort of spot MRSA then? Um, so it would just be a usual signs of infection. Um, so you can't ascertain obviously what bug is causing an infection until you do a swab. So if somebody's got a pyrexia or if they've got a ruined redness, swelling, plus something like that, um, making sure that you do obtain a sample is one of the best things you can do. Because um, if that sample comes back as MRSA positive, you'll need to be making sure you're on the right antibiotics. Um, something like if somebody had a wound infection, for example, and you didn't take a swab and you prescribed them flu clocks, might come back that you've got that staph that's resistant to flu clocks there and then they could then um, become septic with it. Um, so just watching out for these signs of infection and taking a swab where you can. And how can those who are working in primary care help to prevent MRSA? Um, so if you have a patient who um, requires wound care, really good wound care, making sure you use the right dressings, um, making sure you practice ANTT and use the right infection control precautions. In Coma, we've got three acute trusts which have slightly different policies. But if one of your patients is going for sort of pre-op screening and they detect MRSA and they advise that the GP prescribe um, suppression therapy just making sure that suppression therapy is commenced and completed as they've requested hand washing um, MRSA is killed by alcohol gel so making sure you do perform hand hygiene at the right times and using soap and water um, if your hands are visibly dirty Um, using PPE at the right times um, if you're doing any minor ops making sure that you use the right skin prep and that you are allowing it to dry before making that incision. Invasive device care. Um, so you can get MRSA urine infections, urinary tract infections. So making sure that you're using ANTT if you're managing catheters um, or other invasive devices, making sure that device is monitored um, it re- and removed and reviewed and removed at the first um, opportunity. Um, I would really like to reiterate that um, notion of prompt diagnosis and management, so making sure that swabs are sent. And we've also had cases, um, unfortunately, of intravenous drug users who have had MRSA bacteremias. So making sure you do um, refer any intravenous drug user patients to um, harm reduction services. That's great. Thank you very much. all today from primary care spotlight thank you for listening and i look forward to you joining me again soon for more information you can visit our website www.kernerhealthcic.org.uk forward slash cornwall training hub you can also follow us on twitter at cornwall underscore th and on facebook at cornwall training hub to speak to the training hub team about how we can help your practice or career please contact us at kernerhealthcic.workforce at nhs.net If you have content ideas or would be interested in being interviewed for the podcast, please do get in touch. Bye for now.